Good morning on this Thursday morning and welcome to our devotional Golden Nuggets Food for Thought and for the Imagination. As we get started this morning, we're going to be looking at the book of Matthew in chapter 12. We're still following the same theme that we started some some weeks back and we're going to actually continue it for a while. And we started the introduction with introducing the names of God and the first one we started off with was the name of Jesus or the name that was given to Jesus and how he earned and by inheritance also got that name, how all power in heaven and earth has been vested in the name. And that name has been given to the church, the body of Christ, as one of the keys of the kingdom of heaven. It is used in prayer. It is used in spiritual warfare. It is the name that is responsible for the life of the Christian in everything that we do, doing all in the name of Jesus to the glory of God. In the book of Matthew, in chapter 12, it's a fascinating chapter. It's got quite a number of events taking place. Jesus actually heals someone that was in the synagogue, and he's accused by the individuals there, the Sadducees and the Pharisees and the scribes and whoever the religious leaders were at that time of breaking the Sabbath, then they accuse him that he is actually casting out devils by the power of the devil. And Jesus goes on to explain to them in the teaching from verse 43 onward about the unclean spirit coming out of a man. Now, He is talking about one individual there. But at the end of his teaching, he explains that this is concerning the entire generation that he is preaching to, the entire generation that he came to visit. Uh, In the last part of the verse of 45, it says, Even so shall it be unto this wicked generation. So we need to look at that and also understand That from that point onward, Jesus no longer spoke openly amongst the people, just his disciples, that they were fortunate and blessed enough to hear his teachings in plain, understandable language. The scripture says that by the time we get to chapter 13, which is just the next few verses down, the scripture says that from that moment on, Jesus began to teach in parables. And the reason he began to teach him parables, one, they had rejected him. And two, uh, they didn't need to know the stuff that he was teaching because they've already rejected the word also. So Jesus begins to teach in parables. And the sinners gladly came to hear him. And the disciples, most of the time, they didn't understand a lot of the things. So they would ask ask him or inquire personally. Uh, concerning these things. So let's go ahead and read in Matthew chapter 12, in verse 43, 44, and 45, it says, when the unclean spirit, and, and the scripture identifies many types of spirits, an unclean spirit, an evil spirit, a death and dumb spirit. So it makes a, a clean distinction. It says, when the unclean spirit is gone out of a man, So that means it was in the individual. He walketh through dry places. Now, we have to ask ourselves, well, you know, can't they just 
fly or disappear or or do something else. Exactly how they travel in the realm of the spirit to us may be not fully understood because of the laws that govern the spirit world. But as far as the natural is concerned, as far as the way that we get around, walking is basically the way that we do it. When Satan in the book of Job chapter 1 and chapter 2 approached God, when the sons of God appeared before him, he was asked a question, where, where are you coming from? He says, from walking up and down the earth. Interesting that that he used, he, did, he didn't say from flying or from appearing here or disappearing there. He simply said from walking up and down. So it says, when the spirit is gone out of a man, it says, it walks through dry places. Interesting. What are these dry places? Is it a desert? Or is it called a dry place because it's something in the realm of the spirit? Seeking rest. The dry places are not places of rest, but it says, seeking rest and findeth none. So we have to ask ourselves, well, how do they know or what do they seek to be able to get rest? And basically, that is inhabiting another body, whether it be an animal or whether it be a human being. It says in verse 44, then he says, I will return into my house. He calls it his house. That's where he had come out of from whence I came out. And when he is come he findeth it empty, swept and garnished. Three things. It's empty. There's nothing in it. It's swept. That means it's been cleaned and it's garnished. Now, these three things that it uses, basically it's saying, hey, it's been cleaned and it's been put in order. It's been decorated, uh, adorned, whatever you want to say. And then he says in verse 45, then goeth he. That very same spirit that had come out. And he taketh with himself seven other spirits more wicked than himself. Now, we have to clarify something here. So there's levels of wickedness and evil even among the spirits. When the scripture talks about the angels that fell in Genesis chapter 3, in Genesis chapter 6, and then we go to the book of First and Second Peter. It says that they have been already incarcerated and chained up in hell. Not all of them have been chained up in hell, but some of them. They did something that was more wicked and more vile than the ones that had rebelled against God in heaven in the very beginning. So we do find this. So you will find that there are levels of wicked spirits or levels of uh, evil uh, among the spirit realm, which also brings us to the point that on judgment day, some will be judged more harshly than others will, for to whom much is given, much is required. So it says, Then goeth he, and he taketh with himself seven other spirits, more wicked than himself. And they enter in and dwell there. Notice, there's no conflict, there's no difficulty in comprehending and understanding how in the realm of the spirit, seven spirits, seven spirits, and then the original one, making it a total of eight, can inhabit one 
individual. Well, that should be of no surprise to us because in Mark chapter 5, the man that was possessed by that one spirit, the Bible says his name was Legion because we are many. So it could have been in the thousands that were inhabiting the life of that one individual. You say, wow, how can you have a thousand or two thousand demons in one person? Because the way that we think and the way that the laws of the Spirit operate are very different than how we understand them. And that also goes for time and space. Therefore, it says, He goeth and he taketh with himself seven other spirits more wicked than himself. And they enter in and they dwell there. It says, The state of that man is worse than the first. Even so, it shall also be unto this wicked generation. Notice, he called those seven spirits that were more wicked than himself, that he went and got to dwell this man. And Jesus identifies this process of this man being possessed, having the demon cast out, and then the demon returning with seven others, and repossessing the man again, and his state is worse. Well, Israel had been given the law. Israel had seen the demonstration of miracles and had seen everything that God had done in the wilderness. But they rebelled and they turned away from him. And little by little, they would go through this roller coaster uh, ride, depending on the kings that were uh, serving God, like Hezekiah or the wicked kings like Manasseh, uh, or Josiah, a good king, they would go up and down. Well, by the time we get to the time of Jesus, they had gone through so much tradition and so much of this and so much of that, that basically they had left the power of God out. They served God with their lips, but their hearts were far from Him. They had a form of godliness, but they were denying the power of God. So all of these things are taken into account. So what happened to that generation? That generation got to see the Roman Empire come and destroy Herod's temple. They got to see everything that they had held onto and trusted and believed in destroyed. So they were scattered all over. The disciples that were Christians knew this was coming. So they prepared themselves, the scripture says in the book of Acts, that they sold everything that they had to be able to leave because they knew what was going to happen. They understood that. Those were prophetic words that had been taught by the master to the apostles, and the apostles then in turn taught it to the disciples that were incorporated into the church. So by the time this takes place in 70 A.D., Israel at that point, notice this, at that point, up until 1948, lost being a nation in the world. They were scattered to the four corners of the earth, and they were literally without a land, a nation, or a name. They were scattered, and they paid a high dear price. 1948, of course, uh, the nation of Israel was given back part of the land, not all of it, 
that's some of the issues that are existing and dealing with today. But Jesus said, even so it shall be unto... In other words, your condition is going to be worse. Just like that demon-possessed man that the wicked spirit had left and came back. His condition became worse, so is yours. Now, we say... What does this have to do with the name of Jesus? This gives us insight one more time, looking behind the scenes of how things operate in the realm of the Spirit. The Scripture reveals the things that God wants us to know and understand so that we can operate effectively in these areas. And the things that He doesn't explain to us and He doesn't reveal and doesn't show, that means we have no business dabbling in them so we don't have to worry or be concerned about them. But anything that He reveals and unveils to us, we are individually and corporately responsible as the body of Christ of taking these things and breaking the powers of darkness and the powers of Satan over the cities, over the states, and the nations, and the lands where we are at. It may have to first start breaking the powers of darkness in our very own homes, or in our very own lives, and then from there continuing from our Jerusalem to our Judea, to our Samaria, and finally to the outermost parts of the earth. All of this is to be done in the name of Jesus understanding the powerful resources that are behind that name that have authorized the believer, the Christian, the disciple to be able in his name to go into all the world and teach and make disciples of others following the same pattern. Consider this food for thought and consider this the blessing of the Lord. The Lord bless you, the Lord keep you, the Lord make his face shine upon you, the Lord be gracious unto you, the Lord lift up his countenance, and me, he give you peace, in Jesus' name. Until we see you again on Friday, join us in Jesus' name, amen.